You are listening to the Conquering Everest podcast. This is episode 40. Welcome to the Conquering Nevers podcast. My name is Brian Talor. I am the host of this here show, as well as the founder of Everest Life Coaching, where I've made it my mission to help people reclaim their identity, rediscover their purpose, and live life with conviction and courage. Now, with that said, I want to give you all a big thank you. Thank you so much for choosing to spend a bit of your day here with me. On this episode, I have a conversation with Stephen McElprang, and this is one of the most entertaining conversations that I had. Not only is Stephen a laid-back, chill guy, but what I don't get is how is he so chill? How is he so in the moment? This guy has died. He has literally flatlined twice in his life due to his struggles with addiction. But you know what? He's not stopping. He he keeps going. Oh, and did I mention that he's a dual amputee? He His legs, his legs have been taken from him, but he has not. He has not stopped living life to its fullest. This is Stephen's story. Stephen McElprang, welcome to the Concrete Nevers podcast. Hi, Brian. Teller, how are you? I'm good. I'm glad to have you on the show and excited to talk about your adventures. Uh, but before we really get started and take a deep dive into your story, uh, why don't we take a moment and I'll just afford you the opportunity to tell our listeners or viewers a little bit about yourself. All right. Um, people, I'm... Uh, not the normal person you run into every day. Maybe you'd run into <laughs> me and you'd remember it. If not somebody that you forget. And it might be because I have, I don't know, I got a little bit of a hitch in my step and I got a really pretty lady with me all the time. Sometimes I'll show a little leg, not all the time though. <laughs> and uh, I was once, I was once very, I was into athletics, you know, these kids, I wanted to be Bo Jackson. I did tons of sports, baseball, football, wrestling, Injured myself, you know, then I decided I'm going to be a physical therapist, went to college, was, was good and stuff. And then, you know, uh, things changed. Yeah. Life changed. And then I got knocked down a peg and had to reconsider what I was doing. And so I uh, decided, you know, I might as well climb some mountains. Things like, you know, if you're going to do it, I used to go too fast, right? So now I get to slow down and see the beauty. And, hey. um, yeah, a lot of changes, and it's I, I'm just really enjoying life now, which is strange after all the stuff that's happened, but it's made me appreciate everything I do more, much more. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. As I have come to know your story a little bit, um, it sounds like life changed for you at about the age of 16, and it started with a back injury? Yeah, that's when... Things got, I mean, that first happened and then you ignore it because you're invincible when you're 16. So, you yep. know, you just, you just keep going, keep going. Oh, well, I got to play football. I got, we're going to win state, you know, we won state. And then, oh, I, I decided because I hated wrestling, though. I was only wrestling because I hated basketball. So I went into wrestling and, and that's what I got hurt on. That's where I injured my back, like my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. And then I ignored it 
and then finally got diagnosed with two herniated discs after senior year of football. Oh. And then so 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 I still got to play baseball though. So I did yeah. that, you know, you know. <laughs> and you have all the weightlifting that goes in in between for football and all that stuff too. I imagine, uh, you know, were, were you able to do that with the back or? Oh, I did it. Yeah, like you said, whether I should have done any of it or not is, is, is besides <laughs> the point. When I finally went to a surgeon for my back, because I went in there and they did an epidural, but he gets in there and he asked me, uh, so what does it stop you from doing? And <laughs> I'm like, well, if I want to do something, I still do it. Okay, well, here, let's go with some pills, some prednisone, and then mm. you, you, you should be fine. And I'm like, well, that was a real waste of two months getting in to see that guy who's supposed to be this giant specialist, you know, super doctor is like, here, just take some pills. And they just made me slow up like a lobster and turn red. And like, oh, wow. Well, I had like prednisone dose pack, but I'm sure other people have had them. That's a steroid. Yeah. And the yeah, first time I had it, I hated it. It was miserable. And I've had them since then and I hadn't had the problems. But all I know is I go to that doctor and take that and nothing gets better and then i'm like i ain't going back to you that was a big waste of time i'm just gonna take care of it budweiser hey, he's my friend well i'll make budweiser my friend more <laughs> you ended up having uh what four surgeries on your back after it was all said and done or was it more than that well five total because i well, i had a stimulator taken in and out so one of them mm. was taking it back out because it didn't it didn't really do anything um so right. i i explain what a spinal cord stimulator is it's like if people have had a tens unit where they put the pads on you and electrical stimulation mm. it was an internal device that i had like i had like a, a wallet size box that was on the top of my left ass cheek and then it would run cords into your spine and then it would shock your spinal cord to basically send different signals down to your brain to try to cover up your sciatic nerve pain mm. really how, it would just how oh, good no go ahead what, i would say really it would just make me do the chicken kick half the time because you move yeah. wrong and then it squeezes it in your epidural space uh, I, I i'm trying not to use too many medical terms because but i used right. to teach an anatomy so I'll, I, I'll try to make it as simple as i can but yeah, the epidural space, and then you just start uh, chicken kicking, and like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, I gotta turn down the box. <laughs> kind of like constantly, you know, t getting tased. I guess I don't know. It was a little um, bit like that. It was yeah. a little bit like that. Not that any of us know what that. No. Um, <laughs> so, how? So, it was after high school when you got the surgeries, and after the fourth or fifth surgery. I mean. Where were you uh, age-wise? Were you well into your 20s by that point or still? My first surgery was when I was 20. Mm. The second and third, which was the fusion, because they went in through my stomach and gutted me like a fish, and then they mm. kind of drilled holes in through my epidural space because I'm fused from L4 to S1. So between L4 and 5, they put in, they drilled holes, and then screwed in these all-thread-looking cages that would spread you back out and then they went around my back and cut me open and then put in two rods and six screws to hold it together while the bone fused together because they put in a luckily i haven't had any problems because the bone growth hormone was a, was a fairly new technology that they put inside those cages and then it would go out to fuse the bone together instead of taking a bone graft from your hip or something or using cadaver bone 
Mm. And some some people it'll, it'll it'll overgrow and grow out and cause problems. But I haven't I haven't had any of those luckily. But during during this time, the you had the surgeries, and then you uh, you developed an, a bit of an addiction. Was that um, more because of the pain, or just what? Like when you when you started battling your addiction, what what brought that on? Was it specific to the back, or just? It was it was a hundred percent the back. Yeah, that had me hundred percent. Why it was? I I never even took pain, pain pills. I broke lots of bones growing up too, and I'd mm. get like. I mean, like one football game my junior year, I broke my wrist and got a cast, and I still played in the game, and I came home, and I had Vicodin. And I took some Vicodin to go to sleep that night, and that's it. And then they just stayed in the cabinet, and my dad would yeah. take him for, for his migraines. And that would be pretty much it. I'd never use them. And like I said, I started drinking because that I realized I could tone down my pain. And then right. once they gave me – when they gave me Percocet, in college, when I went in, they saw how my back was because even after my first surgery, I just took a few pills and then I was off and then I just, you know, went back to how I was. But then they ruptured and then they gave me Percocet and it took, like the pain was gone and I was just like, it was like I'd seen the light. I was like, there it is. That is the, oh, that's the answer. You guys give me the pills. Boom, it's <laughs> over. Over. It's out of the park. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. And you hear so much, especially with athletes, you know, the pain pills, because they do, they work so well that you, you try to go back to normal, but you, you have to have that, 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 that pain relief to, to stay at a certain level. Um, I've had a few things. I played sports in high school. I remember, you know, getting some fights and things like that. And uh, yeah, it, you know, you, you feel like you could, get up and do the things that you normally could do. And, and yeah. probably uh, in, in hindsight, you know, causes a little more, a uh, little more damage than, than you'd like. Absolutely. But we were talking a little bit before we went on the air and we said, you know, kind of like your life, your life story is, 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 it's like almost like mother nature, you know, your back's hurt. And, and, and then, you know, mother nature's like, hold my beer and you know, <laughs> then you've got the then you've got the the pain pill addiction that creeps in but mother nature wasn't done with you yet because then the next thing that happened is to me is like i think of this and i'm like whoa and and that's and, and that's your legs yeah well this is kind of how i see it too because then i got when i hooked on the pain pills i became a giant asshole Right. So, so I was like, I was not myself because they completely change your personality and everything about you because they, you stop producing natural endorphins and things. So you become this, like nothing's enjoyable. You're this giant mm -hmm. prick. And um, so I keep going through all this stuff. I get addicted and I was going to, I was in the middle there before the addiction really took hold. I was, I was addicted, but I was still productive. I was going to be a pain doctor. I taught anatomy as an undergraduate at UNR, and then I went over to the, the Cooley College, and I was running the cadaver lab and setting up to do the MCAT to to go and be a be a doctor and be a pain doctor and get everyone strung out on dope because that's what I thought the answer was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that was the answer. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then all this stuff happened. It's just a super long story. And then I, it uh, the pain pills ended up. 
you know, I was I was not me though. I was not me. So like Mother Nature is like, you know, we need to get you being back to who you are and yeah. chasing life and doing stuff. So we're gonna knock you down a peg and then let you see the beauty in all life all around because you're gonna have to or you're just gonna be pissed because you're not gonna yeah. go fast anymore. So mm. so yeah, the and you're a dual amputee, right? That you did you lose you lost Yeah, my, my my left leg above the knee. I started out, I came out of a coma and my left leg was cut off below my knee and then my right foot was cut in half. So the one and one and two metatarsal and all my toes. So like the main main balance part of my foot, they, they got rid of that because I don't like to have anything easy. Yeah. <laughs> now you said coma and I didn't know there was a coma in there too. So was was the, the amputations a result of, you know, over overworking the injured back because you had the pain pills or did did that you know how, what what brought upon this coma here see see uh well there's so much before because i just tell i'll tell it like you could so tell us that, it. I, I i well like um because because the pain pill addiction like when i was teaching in college like i i started seeing a pain psychologist i was in reno i started seeing a pain psychologist because i didn't want to be on dope my whole life i knew yeah. that in my mind i'm like i don't want to be owned by these pills i don't want to be dope i want to get off of it so i went to this pain psychologist and we're doing mindfulness um visualizations and whatnot and it turned my brain chemistry on so then the mm -hmm. next morning when i go to wake up i was super high as a kite and i hadn't taken any pills because the pills that i was on were still in my system but then my brain came on and I was super out of it and I went to work, gave a lab practical. And then, um, so in between, I was so out of it. And I told my coworkers, that I'm like, I'm like, I'm really, my meds are really messing with me today. I didn't take anything. I go to the bathroom, pass out on the can. They ended mm. up, a cop ends up pulling me off the toilet an hour later, asking what I do there. And I tell them I'm an instructor. Uh -huh. I was super high. So then I did, I wasn't coming back to work there again. Right. And then I yeah. lost my health insurance and then I, I moved to Utah. And when I moved to Utah, because my doses were so high, I go to one doctor and he's like, that's too much. Go here, go here. And so the law took notice, even though I hadn't broken the law because I had overlapped insurance or prescriptions, threw me in jail. I had to withdraw from everything, sat in jail for 60 days until I got my charges dismissed, which took me out to withdraw and then get my brain back and then point out things to my public defender. So then I got everything dismissed. Cause I didn't have, I didn't have the $10,000 bail to get myself out. So they charged mm -hmm. me with two, two counts of prescription fraud. Um, and so then I come out 60 days later and then I took the pill cause that's what my brain had been. Oh, I got to have this dope now. Cause I have my right. dope sitting there and then it caused me to overdose and I drowned in my vomit and then they found me dead and bloated on top of my legs. But oh. they say eight, 18 to 20 hours later. So you were like deceased. I was like, you see this? So I got a scar. Yeah. Scar on my face. It goes goes up into my uh, hair here, down yeah. to my chin. I was laying on my arm, and then like, uh, I got this hole in my rib. That's where my my right foot was on that, and so oh, so then the end of it turned black, and then and then my other leg I was sitting on it cramped around the knee, and then it uh, compartment syndrome caused gangrene. And luckily, I had a strong heart, and I had enough. Like I had severe pneumonia when I when I got revived back. That um, I think my heart went a little bit for long enough that I didn't fully die until they were pretty much close to there. And then they got me into a coma, and then I, um, yeah, then I 
I had a lot of fun in a coma. I, I did really <laughs> cool stuff. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I can't imagine what, you know, I joke sometimes and say, man, I could sure go for a week long coma, you know, just, uh, <laughs> but I guess it's probably no joking matter when you actually go through it. Then of course you're, you don't really know you're there. I don't know. Oh, so, you don't, you don't know you're there. You won't, it was like, like it, it's, it's pretty funny. I write about it in the book, but it was it was like heaven. It was really it was like wow. it was traveling the world and my nurse taking me to orgies and it was heaven. And then I woke up and then I was like, Captain Buzzkill, tell me how I should have died and everything. And I'm like, yeah. hey, man, I was having a good time. <laughs> Leave me, send me back. Yeah. <laughs> so when when you had overdosed, you said it was like 18 to 20 hours. I mean, did you have any sort of idea what was going on or were you just totally like out like gone to where you physically mentally you didn't know Let's see your back is breaking up there for a second oh in my back here yeah you're back now yeah. i was just saying um when when you you so you were in the in the uh you'd overdosed and that was like an 18 20 hour window before um so that before help got there was it in that long and then yeah, I, I yeah think, that's, a, that's what they claimed from my the necrosis on my yeah. body was i think how they rated it because they didn't there's no one there so my brother i was staying at my brother's house and i came back but they were all down in salt lake city and they live up in hiram like logan utah which is 90 miles because they just had a, a daughter wasn't that old and she had to have surgery on her eye and so they were gone and i just got out of jail then is there and then uh the the pills because one of them i was on was methadone which is the worst stuff there is and that's something they use to get people off of the dope which is the most ridiculous thing because it's, <laughs> it's it's harder to give off than any of them i mean the nazis made it so it doesn't make any sense to me but no oh, man <laughs> so i mean were you during that time that you were uh, out of it, overdosed, passed away, I, I didn't even know how to explain it. I mean, did you experience, could you, did you know what was going on? Did you feel anything or was it just kind of blacked out? Don't know what happened at that time. I, well, you know what happened, but. I was, it was, it was like, like the first part was really kind of a blur, but I knew I, I kind of, I kind of sensed myself above my body and my sister-in-law found me and I really wasn't on good terms with my family then. And I like, mm -hmm. I kind of got, I kind of got the choice to stay or go. And, and I kind of let her know that everything's going to be fine. And she said that she said when she saw me, I was in this big pile of crap on the ground, you know, vomit and like swollen and dead, but felt like she's comforted with something, et cetera. And then they, and then I went into just like, like I said, then I went and I thought I was in a hospital in Port Royal in the Caribbean, and it was also McDonald's, and they were bribing me to change the bandages on my legs. I knew my legs were all messed up, but I had this this sexy chick I knew from my life who was actually my nurse too, and taking care of me. And then we were playing like one part we we're playing Texas Hold'em in Vegas, and like strippers and blow, and that's like what it was. And then we're in the Mediterranean Sea, and we're swimming down for aphrodisiac fruit to like have more orgies with Greek women. And then it would be like the movie Inception, where you just dream to dream to dream. Oh, wow. And, and the one part, I, they tried to recruit me to be like a, uh, a RoboCop type guy, because they were going to engineer a mortar system into my leg. And then I was going to be sent to China to fight these terrorists that were on the Yellow River that were supposed to be trying to blow up the dam there. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like all in for it, too, because I thought my niece and nephew were on the other side of the dam in Disney World China or something. So I'm like, I got to like stop it. 
And then and then I, I found out they were all full of crap, and so they got kicked out of the program. <laughs> so so man that yeah that that i can't imagine your mind's probably going crazy because it's like all the constant dreaming so so i kind of uh, let me recap make sure i have have everything kind of order so in high, in high school you injure your back but because you're young and you know full of you know uh uh courage and, and bravery you just you <laughs> we'll that. The, yeah yeah you, <laughs> you, you fight through the pain you, know, you deal with it um you, you get out of high school and 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 you, you're you're going into college and you're realizing okay this isn't good i need to get some help you, and, and i know this is all paraphrasing so you go from high school to college uh young adulthood you've got these surgeries happening uh they give you pain pills which then uh your your body needs or your your mind and your body needs to 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 cope and they're giving you different ones dangerous ones and and then that that results in a uh, uh an overdose which results in you dying and then mm -hmm. coming back and then when you came back you 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 had no your legs were gone and yeah. so let's i mean where was your mind at when when you woke up and you finally i think if that happened to me i would probably go into a deep depression for a while did, did any of that happen to you i mean what was your your mindset after learning um it's strange because like i said me and my family didn't get along a lot mm. and so so what weird thing is like when i came out of that there was this giant this is kind of and i've been messed up a lot in my life which is weird i had lots and lots of injuries mm. um so this is all really weird because I come out and then I had all these people around, like my mom was there rubbing my hand and all my family's there and everybody, there was this giant outpouring of love. So in a way, I was like, well, actually people, I, I it was weird because I had kind of this wake up because like I said, I was this really kind of prick for like six years when I was strung on all the pills and I went to a total hermit where I didn't really talk to anybody. Yeah. So then, and then, and then it's like, I come back and like realize that I had made a, an impact on a lot of people sometime in my life because all the stuff that was coming. So that kind of, that helped a lot initially, it helped a lot initially, it helped a lot for a while until I got back on pill until I stayed on pills too long again. Okay. And then that kind of caused problems again, because you're, you're not the same person. You're not the person that I am. And then I end up giving problems. I'm not doing anything, even though, well, I would start acting like I'm doing something because I had to do something because I like I hadn't got my disability on yet. So I was kind of staying at my folks' place. And then I was driving my dad crazy because I'm like not doing anything. You know, I'm being useless and I'm not useless. Like I'm, I can do lots of stuff. So so I know it just really is upsetting to him to sit there and see like this kid that's good at crap, just like being a useless junkie. You know yeah. what I mean? So then I started like, like, okay, I'm going to go back to, I was doing everything that wasn't for me. Cause even like going to be a pain doctor before these were all things that I didn't necessarily, I want to do because I could do it. And I think I could help people and I could have all the dope I wanted. You know, that, that's like what my thinking is. And before that I was going to be a pharmacist because I'm like, Oh, it's a good career. And I, but it wasn't cause I wanted to do pharmacy. It wasn't cause I wanted to enjoy any of it, you know? Um, so that's like, I was going to go and be a prosthetics doctor. I was going to be a prosthetist and, and which I kind of, which isn't a bad dig. And I would have liked that because I would have been helping people, 
but I, I, I think I can do like, that's not like really what I want to do. Like what I'm doing now, I like doing more taking pictures and doing things that are inspirational that way, which can show like, I, I do the, like this, show like this picture book of just my prospect leg and like the one I want to show. Cause I'll go places that you're not like, I'm not really expected to be. And so I like just putting my leg there because then it can, it can show like this one. I'm on top of a white mountain peak, which is 14,252 feet. Wow. And then the box, you can't see it. It's, it says, so you think I, uh, who says I can't. Right. So it's like photojournalism. And then like this other side, it's in front of Mount Whitney, which I just tried to, I just got a permit and tried to hike it. I got seven miles in and then I was good. I would have committed uh recreational suicide if I'd have kept going. There's no, no way I, I was going to fall off. It got too icy and then it was, that was it too so much for you. That breakthrough, like when you, when your mind in your mind, you finally said, you know what, I've got this opportunity uh, to, to truly live life, live life on your terms and, and get out there and really start figuring out what it was you want to do. What, like, when did that breakthrough occur for you? Oh, when I got, when I finally, cause then um, I did after the first, I went, I, I went and volunteered at my prosthetic place mm -hmm. and then I went and got, I got accepted into Northwestern's prosthetic program. And then I went to Eastern Michigan actually, cause I, I applied at the same time. It was orthotics and prosthetics or prosthetics and orthotics, but I was still on pain pills. Mm. And then I went to school and I messed it all up and I overdosed and died again. I oh got found gosh. dead. And this time was completely my fault. Yeah. Like, cause by, by now, like this, what the progression of everything is the pill stopped working and I'm too smart. So I, then I start change around administration starts I'm shooting, I'm snorting them. And then I become where I'm mm. shooting them up. And so, um, I just was a total, I, I finally realized that I was just a junkie then. Yeah. Like I, well, well, kind of a junkie. I was taking care of my pain, but like, I was really just all I cared about was my pills. Yeah. And, um, I overdosed there, died. They found me. I got Narcan, came back, and then I, I decided I had to go to rehab and do something different. And then I went there and got off all the pills, and then I reassessed what I do. And then and then after actually rehab, because rehab kind of addicts you to rehab. And they had me on. They still had me on all these other pills that weren't narcotics. But I just finally said I'm not taking anybody's crap anymore and just smoking weed. <laughs> and when I did that. And then everything, I everything changed. I also, I, I don't take any pills now. I just use cannabis. After I was on five thousand dollars of pills, they had me on like non-narcotics, do a whole gang of them to get to sleep and all this other stuff. And and then, then I just, yeah, I, I went against the grain of ever because that caused a lot of problems. Nobody's like, this isn't what you should be doing because out of rehab, that was really looked down upon. And now people are actually understanding that cannabis is very medicinal for a lot of yeah. things. Yeah. And um. So I had to fight against the grain of everything there because the rehabs, especially as in Utah, and then all of my family, everything wasn't like, that's okay. So then I just said, I don't care. This is what I'm doing. And then I ended up selling my other prospect leg on eBay <laughs> <laughs> and it gave me enough money to buy a car. And then I drove around and that's what a lot of my book is about. I drove around giving people rides off of Craigslist. It was like, you know, I, I fly, you buy, where do you yeah. need to go? I'm here. Where do you want to go? I'll drive you there and we'd go to national parks. And, and that's how I, I just wandered around and went to all kinds of different stuff for a couple of years until, until I hit a cow. Yeah. I was saying that's what, that's what, uh, that one's my, a, the... my book is about. 
<laughs> yeah, well, and I do want to talk about your book here, um, but I just want to make sure <laughs> this is, um, man, your story is like, it, this is this this podcast is not a competition at all. But if it was, out of all the guests <laughs> I've interviewed, I think you've got a strong case for first place. So you <laughs> injured your back. You had four surgeries. You've had nineteen surgeries or something like that yeah. in your life. Yeah. You you've overdosed and died twice. Um, I mean that that is a lot of bad. <laughs> luck i mean you know i mean i know it's not luck but but what i love about it is it didn't when you finally had that coming i call it a coming to jesus moment but you had that breakthrough where you said okay enough is enough i've got to change something you i mean you just took life head on after that and that's <laughs> like I don't. I I would probably say I don't know what the percentage is, but I would say most people that have gone through anything even close to yours, I you know what? How do how do they live their life? I, I mean, you know, I I think I'd be a mess. But but so so you 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 decide I'm going to live life. You start traveling. Um, you know, making things happen. You start going all these cool places. And so the the book. Let's talk a little bit about your book. Um, you said that it, it cut out just a little bit, but did you say you'd hit a cow and then that was kind of like, the, the well, book? yeah, yeah. I, I, I drove around cause I, I bought the Pontiac Sunfire, which I called my mobile home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I hit a cow by Nassau Bridges National Park which, or <sighs> National Monument, which is, uh, by the four corners in Utah, super, super dark. Wow. And that's that's what I mean. That's what stopped me running around. <laughs> you didn't die like, again after that, did you? No, this is okay. crazy though. Um, well, the cow almost came through and killed me, but the airbag came out at the same time as the cow hit the windshield and bounced it off. Wow. And yeah, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you you climb these big these mountains these hills I, it, it almost sounds like you're in more danger on the ground than <laughs> uh, but so yeah so let's talk about the book what the book is just is it, it it's, it's kind of a story of, of your life and well it is i start out with uh because it's kind of it's kind of a compilation of short stories of what i did on um i, I need to there's there's so much i left out of it actually because there, there's just so much that happened that i couldn't there's remember the second book then yeah there's gonna be there's gonna be still hopping um <laughs> there you go <laughs> and like uh yeah i it, it's the it starts out the first story is like you see here it's when i, I hiked angels landing in zion which which is which was just hilarious because I, I hadn't hiked for a while. I got there and my friend told me I should check it out and I'm just like, let's do it. And I didn't really have any food or I had a little bit of milk that morning I drank and I was out of I and I just found a bottle of water on the way and I'm just like I smoked my last bowl and I'm like, let's do it. Let's go there. And then <laughs> I met I met all these cool people that that like like one guy would carry my trekking poles, luckily, because that would have been the last half mile of Angels Landing. It's like chain link, that's the hard part. And I needed somebody to kind of scout the best route for me. And he'd hike the Pacific Crest Trail and the Continental Divide Trail. He's like a long, you know, big hiker guy. And mm -hmm. he, he saw me up ahead and he, he was with this guy, um, Shay. And Shay was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm scared of heights. And, he's, and Shane's like, 
Oh man, I heard there's a nine-year-old girl and a one-legged guy doing it. And then he looked up, he looked up and could see me up there with my poles going. And he's like, "Oh, I gotta do it now." Oh man, so, yeah. Uh, so he caught me, and then so yeah, that 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 was like, and then I, I I'll tell, and then I have other stories, and then I wrap back around to how I got you know right. popping, and then kind of reconciliation with my family because that's like the the best part about like the story because there's all these problems, but then. Like I reconciled with my family, which is all yeah. great. So you're, yeah. So I was gonna say that's all good. Now you're you're in a better place with them, and and oh yeah, and, I know my mom at my mom's house right now. I yeah. come in and out of here because my father passed away a couple of years, which I'm really mm. really glad that everything got straightened out before he passed away because me and my father always got along really good. I kind of caused contention between. He's happy. He's happy to look out for my mom. You know what I mean, which is yeah. understandable because that's what he did. Um, but so then I come and I kind of try to look out for my mom and fix her trucks and do different things. And then I go and wander and explore for a couple months. And then I come back through now. And it's and she's always like because I almost almost froze to death like two winters ago. I like I went to some hot springs in northeast Nevada and I got stuck in this bog between them for nine days and it got down to negative fifteen and I. And there was no cell coverage, so then I got out, and the, <laughs> the other stuff almost sounds like it's made up. But then the brake line on my on my car got broken too, leaving. So then I didn't have any brakes, leaving them after like do a train because I want to stop getting back into Elko, seventy miles away. But I hadn't talked to anybody in eight days, and so now I I call her kind of every day when I'm out somewhere, so she knows I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I man, it, you definitely have a major purpose in this life as much as you, you've been through and, you know, getting stuck. And it's like, like every, every, every aspect of your life's got these twists and turns. And, and I just, I commend you for just not letting fear, especially fear, um, get in the way, you know, you're, you're still doing your thing and, and, you know, like it sounds like you know somebody yeah one legged guys climbing the mountain and, and it's <laughs> like, okay well I've got to do it now because I have no excuse you know uh, what was it on the box it said and you think you can't right or something to yeah, that yeah yeah so you think you can't you yeah. you just saying that was something that that makes it so much easier for me because I have so many people like after that time and then I notice when I'm on the trail it gets everybody really excited so that's like energy flows over to me that gives me more to go because i heard so many people after that day like yeah. man i wasn't gonna go past scout's lookout but i heard a one-legged guy was doing it and <laughs> then i saw all these people like this one old guy i wasn't gonna go past there but then they all got there and 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 no i didn't get i didn't do it but i had a part of it that that feels good yeah. I tell you what i i don't know if you've considered doing a ted talk but i think you you need to I think you need to think about that because you've got one heck of an inspirational story of just everything that you, how you cram all that into like a, a 15 minute <laughs> TED talk. I, have, I think there's a, I, I, I am a storyteller and I, and this podcast is all about telling stories and, and you really, you, you've got an amazing story that, that I, I hope you, you get a big, big audience for it because it's, you know, I, 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 it's inspiring me just hearing it and just <laughs> knowing everything that you had to overcome and, you know, different times in my life when I've had issues and, 
you know, and I've, I've kind of fought through it, you, you know, of course, at the time I'm thinking, you know, oh, this is the worst thing in the world. But then I hear stories like yours and I'm like, my problems are nothing like, you know, who, <laughs> why am I even complaining? You know, um, so so besides the, the book, you've got the photojournalism going. Uh, are you publishing that anywhere uh, yet? Or? See, I, I, I'm trying to learn how to do that. Like yeah. I, just, I just printed them off of some online company. I took my stimulus money. And printed a bunch. I sold, you know, I just need to get out and work on this, uh, sell them. Yeah. And I need to learn how to get them. Because I sold 10 to a store north of the Grand Canyon, like at the gift shop. And I need to, but I know, I know I need to get it on a wider scale because they're very, like, I haven't seen anybody who's been like, that sucks. They're like, yeah. I, I'm, I, I, my photography is getting better. I'm not an expert, but it's pretty decent. And I'm getting better stuff. And, um, I don't, I'm trying to figure out how to get in contact to do that. Cause I tried to figure out how to sell Cause I'm finishing my audio book right now. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm narrating the audio book to, to the hop about and I'm finishing that and I'm making some corrections when I do it and I'm adding little stuff. Cause I, I make fun of myself some more in there. Right. <laughs> I'll say I've learned my writing and some stuff. I'm like, man, that's an ego right there. <laughs> you yeah. tone your head down there, buddy. Like, what was the point of that? Um, but hey. yeah, I'm all learning. Well, anyways, yeah, and I know you're you, re, you know, we had a little conversation and you're rebuilding your social media, but definitely, I mean, I'm not a social media expert, so uh, anybody that's listening or watching this, uh, please you know, reach out. Um, but like Instagram, things like that, I think would be, uh, you know, probably a really great place for you to, to get a lot of those pictures, uh, pictures too, because I think that would give you a nice big following. And it's it's amazing once you start being vulnerable. And throwing everything out there, um, speaking from my personal experience, once uh -huh. once I got really real and I just let my story go out there, so many doors of opportunity opened, and I didn't open them. Other people opened them, coming to me saying, "Hey, you know, um, yeah." So I, you know, your 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 adventures and pictures. I mean, I, I have a feeling there's a, and I know there's another book in you, and I and like I said, yeah. Ted, I think it's. Um, yeah, it's, it's very inspiring. So let me, so we're kind of getting to a point where we're going to wrap up here, but I want to make sure that, you know, anybody that's listening to the story and they go like, well, I need to connect with this guy. What, what is there best ways or an email or anything that you'd like to share with the listeners that would be yeah. a good way for them to get a hold of you if they wanted to talk? The email, it's just real R E A L dot mac steve okay m-a-c-k-s-t-e-v-e -E, at outlook.com all right we'll make sure we include that in the descriptions and uh, and and then i am i do have instagram which i just started because i had about a thousand followers that just mac steve oh yeah. actually my my email that was my that was my actual instagram was real dot mac steve. my email is just real mac steve there's no dot in it okay. it's just real mac steve at outlook.com and then my instagram now is able to minus ten toes, and the two the two and the ten are are numbers. Okay. So able number two minus and then one zero toes, and then I do have uh because yeah. I because I I used to, I, oh well I, I have I have a YouTube which is Gimp Pimp four twenty because I used okay. to stand up comedy but now I generally sit down. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> uh, so is it okay? Yeah, we'll make sure. Oh yeah, because I, I I got I got some stand up on there, and I am getting booked certain places. But if there's anybody who wants me to come speak and do comedy, definitely real Max Steve, and yeah, and I got your email, so we'll I'll make sure that's all in the description. But I appreciate you coming on. I I've been looking forward to this, and I can't wait to put the graphic for this together because you did send me a, a really cool picture of your of your uh, woman there uh, <laughs> at the top of the mountain. Man, oh, yeah. it's your story. I, and, and sometimes I do this at the end of these these episodes. Uh, I see if I can get a commitment from you, and, and, and that commitment is uh, somewhere down the road. Maybe you know, little time go by, get a few more adventures. But I'd like to have you back on and get like an update on you if you're if you're good with that. Absolutely. Uh, keep, let's let's stay in touch, and I'll have you back on because I have a feeling next six months for you. That's you know, you may. You may really have some some more great stories. Hopefully, good stories. No more death stories. Yeah, <laughs> you know, let's let's make them good. Um, but yeah, there's you, there's so much to your story, and I and I do hope you put out a second book because, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm 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 working on I'm working on one. I, I actually, yeah, there's 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 I mean, there's so much I actually did to get the the book published. Like between then and when I have published that I'm working on with my other friend, it's called that's called self-published. Okay, which is just hilarious because there's just so much absurdity in there that it's like. <laughs> well, I you know uh, anybody listening, you don't whatever whatever is holding you back, um, you've got no excuse because this guy's come <laughs> back from it all, and he's he's uh, literally. Uh, on top of the world sometimes. <laughs> so, Stephen, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, hang tight. We're, we'll have a little chat offline, but uh, I look forward to, to talking to you again down the road. Thank you, Brian. It's my pleasure. There you go. There you have it. My conversation with Stephen McElprang. I tell you what, if that doesn't inspire you to just live life to the fullest, I don't know what will. I mean, this guy has been through some hardships, but hey, he's living life on his own terms and that's what it is all about. Thank you once again for tuning in, listening. Please check out Steven's links that I've included in the description below. Show him a little love and a little support. Check out his book uh, available on Amazon.com. And uh, yeah, you know, you know the drill, right? This is the end of the show. And this is where I tell you. I tell you, what do I tell you? I tell you to aim high, be courageous, go do amazing things.